Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. New York Post headline, Hunter Biden put then-Vice President Dad Joe on the phone with business associates at least two dozen times. That's according to... Hunter Biden's best friend and ex-partner, Devin Archer. And he's testifying under oath about it. Well, now, who do I believe? All of the people around the Bidens that have outlined the contours of the Biden crime family operation. All of the whistleblower testimony, the evidence that shows the flow of millions and millions of dollars from foreign authoritarian regimes through the multiple shell corporations, all the data on Hunter Biden's laptop, the comments by Joe Biden in public forums about trying to muscle out a prosecutor in Ukraine, right about the same time they were getting a bunch of money from Ukraine, from Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. Or do I believe Joe Biden, who said, or that he'd never discussed any of his son's business ever, despite the fact that he was so close to his son, and despite the fact that his son traveled with him different times, many times, to different countries, as Hunter was doing business deals. I mean, think about how stupid the Biden team must think you are. When they say, He didn't have any knowledge or interaction or conversations with his son, Hunter Biden, about Hunter's business dealings, yet he invited Hunter on the plane to go to China, to go to Ukraine, as Hunter was doing the deals. What do they talk about? I mean, just think about it. Like, put yourself, like, close your eye. Well, not if you're driving. Do not close. Well, if you're at a stoplight, I guess. No, don't. Because then people will honk at you, road rage, firearms, don't don't even risk it. So, but just imagine you're 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 Hunter Biden, you're going to dad. You're like, hey dad, could you pretty please take me to China? And what does your dad say? What is the first question your dad might ask? What's the response that any normal human father would ask their son asking asking you to tag along, asking him to tag along with you to China? While you're going on official business, ostensibly. Sure, son. Why do you want to come? I just want to be with you, Dad. Except for some brief time where I'm going to have to go talk to some Chinese oligarchs. I I, I don't understand. Okay, to be fair, they're not oligarchs. They're members of the Communist Party. The oligarchs, yes, are over in Ukraine. But the point is still the same. The natural first question you're going to have if Hunter says, hey, can I tag along? You're going to say, why? Oh, well, I got some business dealings. And then what, do you, what does dad say? Oh, okay, don't tell me anymore. I got to keep a wall of separation. It's, it's always been an absurd assertion that the media allowed him to get away with. Because it, they didn't want 
to know the truth. They still don't want to know the truth, right? Here's Miranda Devine at the New York Post. Hunter Biden would dial in his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, on speakerphone into meetings with his overseas business partners. That, according to testimony that's expected before Congress this week from Devin Archer, the first son's former best friend. Okay, sorry. I apologize. Earlier, I called him Hunter Biden's best friend. Apparently, he's Hunter Biden's former best friend, which I guess makes sense considering the nature of the testimony that he is providing. Archer is 48 years old. He is facing jail for his role in a $60 million bond fraud. He is scheduled to testify to the House Oversight Committee about meetings that he witnessed that were attended by Joe Biden, either in person or via speakerphone, when Hunter would call his dad and introduce him to foreign business partners or prospective investors. Why would he do such a thing? Let's assume for a moment that Archer's testimony under oath is true. Why would Joe Biden be conference called in? Why would he allow himself to be part of these business meetings, even if he doesn't say a single thing? What's the purpose? It's it's a show of support, right? He shows up for his son. He just loves his son. That's all, right? That's all that's going on. He just loves his son. Why don't you just leave him alone? You jerks, right? To quote, um, what's, his, what's her face? Uh, uh, yeah, Claire McCaskill. Claire McCaskill, who is like, you just leave Hunter alone. You just leave Joe alone. He loves his son. He loves his son. Or maybe to quote Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Pretty much. I mean, that's, the, that's been their approach. Not to address any of the accusation, uh, uh, the merits of the, exact, uh, of the accusations. Never to address the allegations, whether or not there's evidence to support them or not. No, it's to malign the people making them. It's to... Uh, criticize the people entertaining them, listening to the evidence, listening to the testimony. It's just dismissal and deflection. It's not addressing the merits of the case. Why would Joe lend himself to these calls, to these business dealings? Why would he lend himself? He brings his mere presence. He brings an air of uh, seriousness, gravitas, but more importantly, connection. Power. Juice. Is it worth the squeeze? Absolutely. Get dad on the phone. Even if dad doesn't say a word, he just gets on the phone. He says, hey, 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 hey. Well, back then he actually would articulate. He would be, you know, he, he could say something like, hey, uh, hey, 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 champ. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, guys, how are you? Yeah, this is Vice President Biden. And he could, that's all he had to say. He doesn't have to do or say anything else. The only thing needed is his presence on the call, and it sends the message, Hunter is his dad's proxy. You want to talk with Joe? You can talk with Hunter. Because that's the family business. They produce no goods. They offer no services. They have no expertise. All they have is power. One of these meetings was in Dubai, late in the evening on Friday, December 4th, 2015. So a full year before the 2016 election. So remember what was going on at the time. Hillary Clinton, she was the heir apparent. Everybody just knew she was going to be the next president. Joe Biden trying to create the uh, 
the the same sort of situation that the Clinton Global Initiative had, right? This money laundering operation where they would pay the Clintons, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions for some speeches around the world. It gave, you know, Bill the chance to uh, go around and, and, you know, grope lots of women and such. And it gave, you know, Hillary the platform to continue her uh, her presidential run. So and, and it kept them connected to power, which they were then able to sell, to monetize. That's the whole point, right? The same kind of idea happens with lobbyists, lawmakers that become lobbyists because they know people. It's all about the network. I can get you meetings with people. That's how this all works. The politics of pull, Ayn Rand called it. So December 4th, 2015, there was a board meeting of Burisma. And then after the board meeting, by the way, which was paying Hunter Biden $83,000 a month, as one of the directors on the board, due to obviously Hunter Biden's knowledge of the foreign and international gas markets. Um, and so they, uh, I'm just kidding. They did, it was because of his art skills. That's why they had him on the board. So after they have the board meeting um, and they have dinner with the board, he then travels down the road about six miles and he heads over to the Four Seasons Resort in Dubai. And while he is there, they're sitting at the bar and he gets a phone call from a senior Burisma executive named Vadim Pozarski. And he called him up to ask him where they were because the owner of Burisma, Mikola Zlochevsky, wanted to speak to Hunter urgently. Soon afterwards, the two Ukrainians joined Hunter Biden and Devin Archer at the Four Seasons Bar. So now you've got Biden and Archer hanging out at the bar with Pozarski and Zlochevsky. And Pozarski says, can you ring your dad? It's early afternoon back in D.C., Friday afternoon. So sure, Hunter calls up dad, put him on a speakerphone, place the phone on the table, introduce the Ukrainians to Joe by name as Nikolai and Vadim. He also said words to the effect that the Burisma bigwigs, quote, need our support. For what? I thought Joe was cracking down on corruption. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. So, all right, uh, New York Post's Miranda Devine reporting on new information that will be testified to at the House Oversight Committee this week by Devin Archer. Devin Archer is the former best friend and business partner of Hunter Biden. He is facing jail for his role in a $60 million bond fraud. But he, in his testimony, says that Hunter Biden would call up his dad during these overseas business meetings. He'd call him up and he would put him on speakerphone and his dad would talk to him and the business people at the table sometimes, or he would just listen, but his presence was the parlor trick. That's the point. 
right? That's the point. And one such meeting occurred Friday, December 4th, 2015. There was a board meeting of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, where Hunter was you know, on the payroll as a, a board of director member, uh, getting 83000 a month. He and Archer then go down the street. Uh, they, uh, they stop at the Four Seasons and they have some drinks. Two of the Ukrainian folk, uh, the Burisma uh, business guys, they show up. Pazarsky and Zlochevsky, and they say, hey, we need to call your dad. And he said something to the uh, to the effect that Burisma bigwigs need our support, quote unquote. Vice President Biden greeted the Ukrainians, but spoke only in vague pleasantries during the short call and in other such interactions with Hunter's overseas business partners. Right. What does this give Joe? Plausible deniability. You don't have to get into specifics. You don't have to say, yeah, we'll get cut you the deal. We will do X for Y, whatever. You don't need to do that. You deal with Hunter. You talk to Hunter. And I'll talk with my son, and then he'll kind of direct me what needs to happen. But I never talk with you. I cannot be in direct communication with you, seen in public with you, especially as you're being investigated by the Ukrainian prosecutor Shokin was his name. So three days after that speakerphone call, Vice President Joe Biden, who was the Obama administration's point man for Ukraine, was due to fly to Kiev, the, the, the capital of Ukraine, to address the Ukrainian parliament on December 9th. And the topic was about, quote, the poison of cronyism, corruption and kleptocracy. Which is, a, uh, I think it's a government of thieves, I think, something like that. So four days before this speech, this appearance in Ukraine, you get on the phone with Hunter Biden's dad, the vice president who's coming to town to give a speech about corruption. Ten weeks before this call, right, so rewind to September 24th, 2015. Ten weeks prior, the U.S. ambassador, Jeffrey Pyatt, had given a speech about corruption in Odessa, in which he targeted Zlochevsky by name. Zlochevsky is the head of Burisma. Okay, so you had a U.S. ambassador in another speech in a different place 10 weeks prior targeting the Burisma chief. And Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor general, he had launched a probe, and it was gaining speed at the end of 2015. Pozarski ratcheted up the pressure on Hunter, according to the emails from Hunter Biden's laptop. Can you imagine where we would be right now without this laptop? Everything that is related to this, all of this corruption, it is all corroborated and brought to light and nailed down by the laptop. Had the FBI been successful in keeping that hidden, all of this would just be wild conspiracy theories and smear campaign tactics, right? Right before the election, November 2nd, 2015, a month before that speakerphone call. Oh, sorry, 2015. Sorry. This was a month before the speakerphone call in December. Pozarski explicitly demanded that Hunter and Archer use their influence to close down the criminal investigation against Burisma. Here is your dot to connect, folks. Here you have Zlochevsky telling the Bidens, shut this down. 
10 weeks prior, government, U.S. government is saying, hey, uh, no corruption, uh, it's bad, it's a poison, doing all this, and Zlochevsky and Burisma, uh, they're bad, it's poison, they're corrupt. And then you got Zlochevsky telling Biden and Archer, shut this down. Then you have the meeting, and they're like, hey, get on the phone with your dad, rings up dad, dad is there. Five days later, dad shows up, dad's like, hey, poison of corruption, boo corruption. And then... At this time, Ukrainian Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin was investigating Burisma for corruption and within two months would seize four houses in Kiev, two plots of land and a Rolls Royce belonging to Zlochevsky, who was living in exile in Dubai. But a month after Biden showed up, Shokin got fired under the threat that they would that the U.S. would withhold a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. And what the Biden team is gaslighting us now saying is that he got Shokin fired because Shokin was corrupt. But Shokin had already seized property from Zolachevsky. There's a reason why it looks like a criminal family enterprise. It's because it is. I keep saying bombshell, bombshell, but at some point, I mean, I think the territory is leveled here with regards to the, the Biden family Criminal enterprise, the influence peddling, because that's what it is. That's why it looks like that. That's why people are behaving like that. It, it all lines up. You, you, your dozens of LLCs, your meetings that you drag Hunter Biden to or allow him to tag along. And it, all of the receipts line up with everything on the laptop, with everything that we knew from news reports. And Democrats keep whistling, uh, whistling past the graveyard on this, and I don't think it's going to work for much longer. The proverbial walls are closing in, but it appears the house where these walls exist are is a much smaller house than the, uh, the one that Donald Trump has been in, where the walls have been closing in for like seven years. Or maybe they're just moving, the walls are closing much more slowly in the Trump house. And so it just, it's, they're closing in. They're still closing just keeps very slowly and it's like the uh, fish called Wanda scene where Ken rolls oh spoiler alert Ken rolls over Kevin Klein anyway this is pretty straightforward stuff pretty straightforward you've got Devin Archer former best friend and business partner of Hunter Biden saying that Hunter would call up his dad and his dad would be on speakerphone in some of these meetings. One of the meetings was this uh, December 2015 meeting with the Ukrainian Burisma Energy Company officials who said, you guys need to help us out. You need to support us. Five days later, Biden lands in Ukraine, gives a speech about corruption. A couple weeks later, uh, the uh, prosecutor, Gen- Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma for corruption, had seized four houses in Kiev, two plots of land and a Rolls Royce belonging to Zlochevsky, the head of Burisma, who was at that point living in exile in Dubai, which is where they had the Burisma board meeting, where Hunter Biden met with, and Devin Archer, met with Zlochevsky and another Burisma official. And in the email prior to that phone call, one month before the speaker phone call, the Burisma executive explicitly demanded that the Bidens use their influence to close down the criminal investigation against Burisma. That's according to Devin Archer, who is set to testify to all of this in front of the House Oversight Committee this week. 
Hunter performed, this is from the New York Post's Miranda Devine. Hunter performed the same party trick as many as two dozen times in Devin Archer's presence. According to the Long Island-born father of three, who is expected to tell congressional investigators this under oath. Another former business party uh, partner, Tony Bobolinsky, recalls Hunter offering to get his father on the phone during a meeting by the pool at the Chateau Marmont in Los Angeles. You'll recall, this is where Hunter Biden was staying. He wrote off the expenses of that stay to the business. And he also said in his autobiography that this is where he learned to cook crack. Sitting with, oh, and it's also where he hired prostitutes and then wrote that off as business expenses, which apparently you're not allowed to do. Quote, sitting with Hunter at Chateau Marmont before I first met Joe Biden on May 2, 2017, Hunter was adamant that his father takes his calls at any time, no matter where his lawyers say or with gatekeepers like Kate Bedingfield playing interference. Bedingfield was Biden's former spokeswoman. And this is a key that Hunter tells his business associates, my dad takes my calls anytime. And that was true, apparently. And his, his lawyers, Biden's lawyers, Biden's aides, all the people around Joe were saying, don't take his calls, apparently. That's according to Hunter and Bobolinsky. Quote, the American people don't fully appreciate yet the key role Joe Biden played in the Biden family global influence peddling. I would equate it to a chairman's role in a traditional business structure. That's what Bobolinsky said. He said he met with Joe twice in L.A. in 2017 so he could be vetted as the CEO of a joint venture that Hunter and his uncle Jim Biden were planning with the Chinese energy company, CEFC. And that would end up netting them millions of dollars for no apparent product or service. Devin Archer refused to comment yesterday, but a close associate said that Archer is testifying because he believes it is his civic duty. Quote, he has nothing to hide, no revenge to enact, nor anyone to protect other than his family, and he feels he has been handcuffed by the absurdly bogus fraud case against him into remaining silent. By the way, this is a key thing here. So he's gotten charged. I have no idea if he's guilty or not. He, he, he probably, I mean, I'm sure he's a bit shady. He's doing business with Hunter, right? So I'm sure he's a bit shady. I have no idea what the fraud charges are, if it's, if it's trumped up or not. But you'll note the same thing happened to that guy, Gal Luft, right? The, the guy who went to the, the FBI and told them all this stuff about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And then they brought down traffic, arms trafficking charges on him. And so here's Devin Archer, and they brought down charges on Devin Archer. And he calls them absurd, and he says that they brought him down on him, so he had to remain silent. But in a forum where he has immunity, such as in front of Congress, in a hearing, he can at least start to speak the truth. End quote. Since news broke that Archer would testify before the Republican-controlled committee, his family has been receiving death threats and warnings, quote, to keep your mouth shut. It very much is 
a crime family. See? Archer is expected to testify also that the big guy was a nickname used by Hunter's business partners to refer to his father. Bobolinsky says the same thing. And Zlochevsky from Burisma also called him that. Everybody knew to call him the big guy. Don't call him Joe. Don't call him Biden. Don't call him the vice president. Don't ever refer to him. We only talk to Hunter. And every now and again, if we have to refer somehow or another, we say the big guy. And that's going to give us, at some point in the future, like 10 years down the road, the Burisma guys thought by the time they unwind all the financial pass-throughs and stuff, right, the money laundering, nobody will ever know where it all came from. They'll never be able to trace it and track it. Unless, of course, you know, somebody addicted to crack leaves a laptop at a shop. Then, of course, yeah, yeah, whistle blows. Everybody knows. Oh, and before I forget, have you got your ticket to the Heritage Life Skills event yet? I'll be there. The annual event is put on by Carolina Readiness Supply, and you can learn all sorts of ways to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables. I'll be there Saturday evening. Check out the schedule at carolinareadiness.com. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness can help you. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? So, all right, we covered a lot of stuff. Oh, before I forget, you don't want to miss this. Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations is playing July 25th through the 30th at the Belk Theater. All right, this is a new Broadway musical. It follows the Temptations from their uh, from their origins, from the streets of Detroit to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So if you are a Temptations fan, this is your chance. Go to BlumenthalArts.org for the details. All right, so covered a lot of stuff over the course of the show today. Uh, you know, the, the Chevron deference, the Chinese saboteurs and such, uh, the fishing cities that, that, that China has been uh, floating off the coast and the and then the Chinese. Well, their efforts to obviously to infiltrate our, our government. And uh, we may have look, we we may have a compromised president. And I know how that sounds. I, I understand that. I'm not a I'm not somebody that gets up here and, you know, screams wild conspiracy theories and such, except for, of course, that the sun is trying to kill us. But that's it. That's the only one. OK. I recognize this. I am self-aware. But it is also obvious with all the evidence that Hunter Biden was the conduit. Jim Biden was a conduit. Tony Bobolinsky, Devin Archer, these guys were all conduits. And the whole point was getting close to Joe Biden. And why? He's the vice president. He's about to retire, quote unquote. But he still has all the personal connections. He'll be your personal Backroom lobbyist. I got a uh, message here from Good Wahoo, who says, Pete, the Tricoms are effectively colonizing large parts of Africa. They are the new imperialists. And for those progressives that think the bad racist Europeans had disdain for the blacks and exploited the natural resources of Africa, they are. Did he say the black? He did. Okay, for, I guess, we'll just say Africans and exploited the natural resources of Africa, they are crickets when it comes to what the Tricoms are doing today. The Han Chinese also tend to think that they are the master race and are not really shy about saying so. Have you ever seen some of the commercials on China's state television? There was one I saw that showed 
a, uh, I'm assuming a Chinese woman with uh, some guy who comes to uh, like do some work in her apartment or something like a, you know, like a laborer or something. And it's a black guy. And I don't understand what they're saying because it's all in Chinese, but she like, it looks like he makes sexual advances to her. She then shoves him into her washing machine. It's all very spoofy. You know, it's like, like he, she gives him a shove and then he's like, oh, oh, and you see him like, ah, like backing up. It's all like campy, but he falls backwards into the washing machine where she then uses, I guess it was a detergent commercial. She uses some detergent and puts him on wash and then pulls him out. And it's a Chinese guy that comes out and now she's in love with the dude. That's the kind of, those are the ads that are playing on Chinese TV. Yeah. I've heard the same thing. I had a friend who went uh, to the Peace Corps, traveled over in various, like he went to, at one point he went to Africa and, um, he said, this was funny, he said that they would not eat the Chinese rice, like the bags that come from, uh, bags of rice from all over the world. He said they would not eat rice from China. They would eat rice from America. That, would, that was like the, the best rice you could get. All these other countries that would give rice and stuff to the, the poor farmers in, I think it was uh, New Guinea. And um, and he what, what the locals called um, the Chinese rice was, they didn't, well, they called it poo rice, poop rice. Because the Chinese fertilized their fields with human waste, or so the locals believed. I don't know if it's true, but that was what they believed. And so they would never, there would be just piles of the Chinese rice on the docks. They would not eat it, <laughs> would not take it. Um, yeah, China is engaged in a long term colonization effort. The sooner people wake up to this, and look, the people who are, you know, anti-colonialists or decolonialists and such, right? They want to decolonialize everything. You guys, it's same thing with slavery. People who are so, you know, uh, wanting to 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 fight the 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 scourge of slavery. This is it is happening right now. There is a country. There are peoples around the world that are enslaved by this country. There are people not just even not just even communist China. You've got other countries and other peoples that do enslavement. You have the I mean, human trafficking is now massive at a global scale. Right? Here's your opportunity to actually affect change, right? to be a difference in these issues that you care so much about. Decolonialization. Look at China. Look at what they're doing. There is a locust model that they are operating under. It, it ties into the, the floating fishing cities. It ties in. Well, it ties into everything, into business, into paying off people to infiltrate the colleges. Consume and move on. Consume and move on. But what do I know? I'm just a little old radio host. But thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it. I do know how to read. I I know how to read other people's uh, work on the matter. So I got that going for me, at least. All right. Brett Winterbull is coming up next, so you want to stay tuned for that. Remember, uh, get the podcast. It is available on every major and even the minor podcasting platforms. The Pete Callender Show. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.